Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Jeff Carter. Jeff is the head bowling coach at Robert Morris University Springfield Campus. For more on Jeff, check out jeffcarterbowling.com. Jeff, I want to thank you for joining us today. Glad to be part of this. Well, Jeff, would love to have you come on to discuss Robert Morris University. You guys are in Springfield, Illinois. So just briefly talk about your school and your program and help explain to our listeners what you guys are doing in Springfield. Well, I'm still new to this. Uh, I took the job uh, last July. Uh, I was actually out in uh, Las Vegas working the uh, the TAT tournament with Steve and uh, Coach Dale Lehman. He's, uh, he's the main guy at the the Chicago campus, and kind of oversees all the bowling programs with Robert Morris. Uh, he had been in contact with me, and and he finally called me and convinced me to take the job. So uh, that's when I got started. Uh, it's been uh, it's been good so far. I'm actually really enjoying the entire uh, process of it. Um, a little slow going. We only had seven athletes uh, in the women's program to start with. Uh, unfortunately, due to uh, academics, I've lost a couple of grades um, this year. Um, but my other five are all on the dean's list, or at least close to it. So right now I've got five girls on the team, and they're working as hard as they possibly can to, to, to give us the best season that we can hope for. How are they, uh, how are they doing so far? How many tournaments have you guys uh, competed in, and, and what, kind of, what kind of finishes have you had so far? We've bowled in five so far, one of them being a Tier 1. We're very inexperienced. Uh, We've got a couple of girls that are very, very solid players, Uh, a couple of them that are learning and really uh, starting to kind of develop into their own. Every week that we've bowled, at one point or another, we've been in the top five. So we know that we have the potential to be a very good team. Um, not sure that we have the potential yet to be one of the top teams, you know, when you compare it to the Robert Moore Chicago campus or Wichita or Weber or some of those teams. But I think we have the, the potential to be in that, um, I don't know, 10 to 15 ranking range, at, at least within the next year. Um, but, you know, every week, you know, our exper- inexperience comes through in, in some bad moments. Uh, when it comes down to spares, uh, making the right adjustments, and, and how to deal with some of the transitions and and the controversy that you see go on, you know, over the course of the six-game round. So, Jeff, talk about how your experience on the PBA tour, how you're able to use that to help the girls out. Well, so far it's not showing in our performance yet, but where it is coming through is their knowledge. You know, when we talk about things in practice, we're picking up on things quicker. When we practice on some of the WTBA patterns that I put out for us to practice on, they migrate to the right part of the lane much quicker. Uh, I've actually used a lot of the um, the information that we've developed for our Storm University program uh, for the girls, and, and I've actually shown them uh, a lot of the information that, that Steve and I have worked hard on putting together. So they have a basic understanding not only on lane conditions, lane play, but also equipment as well. 
As a matter of fact, I gave them a homework assignment a few months ago um, to take all their bowling balls that they have, and I wanted them to write a write-up as far as what they are, what they do, what they have the potential of doing, and how they work for them. And it was a good exercise for them to start to understand their equipment more than just it's this bowling ball hooks more than this one. You know, I want them to have an understanding of core and cover stock technology and not too technical, at least just have the basics. That's a, that's a great idea. I think, I don't think many people really do that and go through their equipment. And, and it sounds to me, Jeff, like you're talking really more into, you know, a lot of bowlers have maybe bags full of bowling balls, but you know, you're looking at really how does somebody, build an, an arsenal of bowling balls. You know, how do you you look at the, like you mentioned, the cover stocks and the cores. So is that something there, I mean, were they able to do that? Did they have a pretty good understanding of their equipment, or was that was that pretty challenging for them? It was challenging because, like I said, some of them don't have a lot of experience, but I want to at least get them started in the right direction. And, and I'm hoping that that's where my experience, uh, not only for, from my years on tour, but... Uh, working for Storm Bowling Products, I'm hoping that that's where my experience will help us, not only in the recruiting process, but in moving forward as a team to make us better. I'm hoping that I can you know, wear off onto them and they can learn from me because there's a lot of times I'll actually go down there and practice with them and I'll, and I'll do some stuff and kind of show them what I'm doing and, and let them kind of feed off of me a little bit. So I'm hoping that my experience can kind of help them grow. Uh, one thing that we're very, very uh, adamant about with our program is not only am I trying to give the girls, uh, at least right now until we have the men's program started as well, but I'm trying to at least give the girls not only an opportunity to get a great education at Robert Morris, but to get a great bowling education as well. So, Jeff, what advice do you have for younger players who are interested at competing at the collegiate level? Well, the most important thing that I'm finding, and like I said, I'm still new to this, but I, I've, I've kind of dove into the recruiting aspect of it with, uh, with both feet, is first thing you need to do is find a school that you'll fit in well with academically, socially, and, and some of those other things, because that's the most important priority first. You know, you're there to get an education, and, and I think that holds true more in our sport than most others. You know, we can watch college football, college basketball, and so some of those other sports, and we know why those kids are there. You know, it's a springboard of the NBA or the NFL, things like that. Whereas in, in our industry, um, we don't necessarily have the professional ranks at the moment to help these kids springboard towards. You know, the PBA is struggling a little bit. There really isn't a women's tour, so to speak. So right now, I want to make sure I focus on these girls getting an education first, and and then we focus on the bowling aspect of it second. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, and there's uh, there's definitely a lot to to consider when you're trying to find the right school, you know, and what your interests are. Right. I know a lot of people, you know, myself included, maybe don't know exactly what um, type of a degree that they're looking for, what which college to enter. So the more information you get about a school, definitely the better. And, and maybe as you're helping to, you know, further your education, maybe a little bit better understanding of yourself. You know, start thinking ahead, you know, a little bit too for, you know, when you're going. You know, a lot of the, the players on, um, you know, we're down here 
in uh, in Las Vegas for the team trials. And I tell you what, there are mm-hmm. a lot of very, very uh, young, talented players that are 14, 15, 16 years old with a lot of a lot of skill. It's really, really impressive to see. And for them to start thinking now about what do they want to learn in college, what do they want to study, what do they want to get their degree in, and, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited about the future uh, of our sport being yeah. in Las Vegas this week. I am too. I'm actually watching the the women's team trials uh, on Bolt TV right now. Um, looking forward to working the TurboTech camp uh, this fall or this summer in July as well as Junior Gold and being able to start the recruiting process for 2015 already. So definitely looking forward to that. Jeff, there was some controversy last fall where it was determined that the tournaments that some of the folks are bowling on, it's not going to be announced. So they're not going to know what they're bowling on until they actually bowl them. This was some of the junior tournaments. What are your thoughts on that? As far as the lane patterns go? Correct. Yeah, um, I, I go with the flow whenever it comes to that, whether I'm a bowler, a coach, or whatever. It's um, it, as long as if they announce the the lane patterns in advance and everybody is privy to the information, it's a level playing field. If they decide that they don't want to announce it, same thing. You know, once we get there, if they post the information, then at that point we develop a game plan as a team on how to attack it. Um, I try not to get too involved in the quote-unquote politics of things like that. Um, it's the tournament director's you know, job to handle that aspect of it, and it's us as bowlers slash coaches to react accordingly. So, you know, do I really have an opinion of it? No, I'll just go with whatever they decide to do, and, and we'll make the best of it. Hey, Jeff, we uh, we got a, a couple of questions for you here just uh, relating to, now you do have a, a really cool website, jeffcarterbowling.com, and there's a lot of, lot of good information on there. Um, some of the things we did notice on here, though, was, you know, among other things, uh, a lot of other accolades, you're a world record holder for the highest average for a season, averaged mm-hmm. over 261. Now, when you're talking about going with the flow, and, and, and was that your approach that kind of allowed you to strike that much? Because even at, you know, in bowling centers, you can't get lane conditions, no matter how easy the lanes are, same to same from, you know, from week to week and month to month. Just kind of walk us through a little bit what it was like to, to average 261 for an entire league season? Well, that's one of those things that it's very, very difficult to explain how it happened or even why it happened. Um, all I can say is it happened. Uh, we bowled on uh, an alternating shift five-man team league. So we would bowl early one week, late the next. So one week we'd walk in at 6.30, the next week it'd be 9. Uh, one week is on fresh, the next week was on the burn. Uh, we bowled on guardian. So they hooked. So there were, you know, a lot of little factors in there, whether they benefited me or not, who knows. Uh, I know I bowled better on the late nights than I did on the early nights. Uh, It was just one of those things where I got off to a good start the first few weeks. Uh, It was a Friday night league. I didn't get to bowl the entire season, mainly because I was right in the middle of uh, bowling regionals full-time at that time. Uh, it was Friday night, so I was gone a lot of weekends off bowling practice and pro-ams, and I just barely got the, I believe, 69 games in uh, to qualify, so I had to kind of scramble to get that taken care of. 
Well, and Jeff, I guess one thing I guess I'd like to ask is when you're going through that, when you're bowling league, what is one thing that you think bowlers, and this can go from junior league players to all the way up to the adults, what do we have to remember? Because we keep we hear house pattern, and we still got to score, though. You still got to make the good shots, and you still got to recognize lane condition, just like you're saying with the girls that you're coaching. You got to recognize things and understand who's doing what on the lane and what's going to happen to the oil. Because even though it's a house pattern, depending on who's bowling on that house pattern with you or in front of you, it can make a house pattern be kind of ugly sometimes. It can. And in a lot of cases in today's bowling environment, house patterns almost get harder than some of the Kegel patterns or the WTBA patterns because most of the patterns that are developed to play a certain way break down a certain way. But there is no true rhyme or reason on how a house pattern breaks down. Um, when you have so many different types of people bowling on a house pattern, it can, it can get really wet dry, which makes it very, very difficult for even the best players. That's why you'll, you'll hear a lot of the tour guys will say, uh, they go home and they average 220 where uh, they're out on tour and they average higher on the harder patterns. And, and I can see that. And, and I'm a byproduct of that now because, you know, my scores on house patterns now are much lower than what they used to be. And my scores on some of the tougher patterns are much higher than what they could be on a house pattern now. So I, I kind of fall into that, you know, that trap too. Hey, that last uh, last question I've got for you, and it's a little bit of follow-up to that, but, um, you know, you mentioned about you get so many players playing that one spot of the lane. That really reminds me of last year at the Open Championships, and I know we, we spoke a couple of times with uh, Jeff Riggles and his team, and they've had such a you know great amount of success there at the Open Championships. And uh, what they had mentioned is, and, and they do play the lanes together, and they get an idea on, you know, normally the condition is, is pretty flat, you know, it's all the sport compliant, but they really kind of gang up on a particular part of the lane. They all throw their shots there and kind of break down the lane from there. Well, they said what happened to them this past year was they did that, they broke them down properly, they were, they were all playing a certain part of the lane so closely that it got extremely wet-dry, and then basically by game three, if their ball touched that spot, it went high, and if their ball was inside of that spot, then it would shoot right through the break point. You know, yeah, that's, uh, and, and I was actually out there at the same time they were. We bowled right before they did, uh, I believe the night before. And there was actually some controversy about that whole deal because of the way our team played the lanes. There was a lot of people that questioned how our group did it, and we actually did the opposite of what most other teams did. And we actually used plastic to create hold around 15, 16, 17. Um, our scores weren't indicative as to how um, we thought we had an opportunity to bowl. Um, I'll be flat-out honest. Our team just bowled bad. We just didn't execute. Mm-hmm. But our companion team, uh, led by uh, Chris Johnson and Eddie Bird, Stephanie Nation, they bowled really well. So if you look at how they performed, I think they were thirty, uh, a high 3,300 or a low 3,400. I can't remember what the numbers were. Um, but if you look at how they performed, it shows that there's more than one way to attack patterns like that. It's a matter of what's going to benefit your particular team the best. You know, our group of ten bowlers had um, had nine player or eight players that had higher rev rates. So instead of us creating a lot of friction to throw off of, we wanted to create more hold. And it seemed to help our group out quite a bit. So. 
great point yeah well hmm. jeff it's great catching up with you again on this kind of dovetails back to what you discussed earlier where you're teaching your girls how to play on with what their equipment how to play with their equipment and how to break the lanes down because we all see now as adults how that transforms at the usbc open how that transforms at the women's event how it transforms at queen's events and at team uh, team trials that steve's out at so Great stuff, and, and that's where you know the knowledge that you're taking to them now is something they're going to take with them for a lifetime and something that hopefully, as you get to coaching, like you said, you're still learning and everything, but they're going to really appreciate that. And uh, believe me, I bet by the time some of them are in their 20s and, and early 30s, they're going to come back and thank you for the knowledge you passed on to them. So thanks for what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing, and we'd love to have you back on again as the year progresses. Will do anytime, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.